This is the Mulberry Lane Show. The Mulberry Lane Show. Brought to you by Elisa Ilana Jewelry. And online at elisailana.com. Exclusive interviews, fun, music, celebrities. Your weekend getaway. Now, here's Mulberry Lane, Rachel, Bo, and Ellie Cat. Be a part of the family. Hey, happy mid-July. It's the weekend, and you know what that means. It's time for the Mulberry Lane Show. All right. yeah. Well, so glad you guys are here with us. It's Rachel here with your radio sisters, Bo and Allie. And welcome to our sister hangout. Today, we're turning the show up to 11 today. All right. And we know there's a lot of places where you could be spending your time today, and we're so glad you're hanging out right here with us. Mm-hmm. We love you. Okay, sisters, let's get to the guests. The Mulberry Lane Show's on Celebrity story songs You're gonna have it going on When we tell you who's stopping by now A first platinum selling country music star Mark Chestnut You know Mark from this hit I don't wanna close my eyes I don't wanna fall asleep Cause I miss you And I don't wanna miss a thing And this one too hot to fish, and too hot for golf, and too cold at home. And this one. Bubba shot the jukebox last night, said it played a sad song, it made him cry. Went to his truck and got a 45. Bubba shot the jukebox last night. Well, Mark joins your weekend to talk about his latest release, Tradition Lives. The latest single, Hot, which definitely fits the weather these days. Yes, and it comes along with its own hot sauce and a t-shirt, too. (laughs) So you'll hear all about that and hear how he built his career and never moved to Nashville. Yep, he stayed in his native town of Beaumont, Texas. You're going to find out that Mark does things his own way, and he's got a continuing big career to prove it. Okay, Allie, who's next? Well, next up, you're going to catch up with Nebraska's own singer-songwriter, Matt Whipke. But with practice, I aim that I had in the range to one shot for love, one shot. Now, you've met Matt here on the show before, and today he's going to talk about his latest project, a new album called Driver. Such a cool concept. Yes, and this is all based upon his experience being an Uber and Lyft driver. So he was doing music by night and playing all his gigs and touring, and he was an Uber Lyft driver during the day. And the latest theme of his album is built upon this and the people he met and their stories. Now, Matt has a Pledge Music campaign going to finish off this album, so you're going to hear all about how you can be a part of this project. What up next, sisters? Well then, guys, we have Dr. Nancy Irwin. Now, she is an addiction therapist at Seasons in Malibu, and she's got a new book out that you're going to want to check out. If you or someone you know is struggling with addiction, this has a lot of really good, helpful advice. It's called Breaking Through, Stories of Hope and Recovery. You'll get the scoop from Dr. Irwin a little bit later in the 
show. You're going to love her and her very practical approach. Mm-hmm. Yes, and what's also interesting about Dr. Nancy Irwin is that she has an opera and comedy background, so she fits right in the show. Perfect fit. Another thing to validate that arts are very therapeutic. Yes, Rachel. Okay, so Mark Chestnut is about up. He's going to talk all about his new single, Hot. Now, of course, that fits the theme these days of these hot, hot summer days. And Allie? Yes, I have a story about how to keep cool in a crazy way. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so earlier this week, I took Luke and Clover. We met another mom and her kids. We had a play date at the zoo, and we checked out the new adventure trails. We had a blast there. It was really fun. Well, after the adventure trails, we decided to get some ice cream. So I ordered the cones, and as soon as she handed them to me, we noticed the ice cream on top was steaming because it was so hot out. Wow. So four-year-old Clover, she took a couple bites, and in about 10 seconds, the ice cream was melting all over her hand. Mm -hmm. And Clover said, Mommy, I don't want this anymore. So I had two cones in each of my hands that are both, you know, melting pretty quickly. So Luke was taking care of his cone, but I was trying my hardest to eat these cones as fast as possible. I ended up with ice cream streaming down my hands and my arms. And the mom friend of mine, Michelle, she came to my aid with a bunch of napkins. And it was like dropping on the stroller and all over. And she was like helping to clean me up. And we had a laugh. And I said, I bet if you knew you were going to be cleaning up someone at the zoo, you would have thought it was one of the kids, not the other mom. (laughs) So I was the messy mom at the zoo. And if you have a little one, I'm sure you've probably been there one time or another. We've all been there. Well, things are going to stay hot. Mark Chestnut is up next with his new single, Hot. Keep it here on the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology. Meet the celebrities on your radio station. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Thanks for keeping it here on the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology. Well, Mark Chestnut's 14 number one hits have included the songs Too Cold at Home and the Aerosmith cover, I Don't Want to Miss a Thing. And on his latest album, the title, Tradition Lives, says it all. Now, this Texas native is out on the road doing what he loves best, and you guys are going to catch up with the latest in the creative life and career of Mark Chestnut. Mark Chestnut, country hits, come hang out where tradition lives. <laughs> Thank you. That's the first time I've ever been sung home. Oh, awesome. Great to have you. Well, it's good to be here. Okay, so now you're out on tour, you're playing the old hits, you're playing the new album, so what's it like out there these days? Oh, it's been great. First of all, I'm real lucky to still be out here. This is my 27th year wow. touring, and it never gets old. It's exciting every day. It's even more exciting now that I have new music to play. And okay. It's not new anymore because the album's been out for a year almost now. Okay. But, but it's newer than everything else I've had. <laughs> <Right. laughs> There's 13 songs on here, and I'm really proud of it. It took me almost two years to record this okay. thing because I, I tour so much, and I don't live in Nashville, and so uh-huh. I have to find time to get into the studio. i got to take my time. Yeah, so what time. inspired Tradition Lives? You know, we, we wanted to put a record out. We weren't trying to get on the radio or anything because we all know that my kind of music is um, often overlooked by mainstream country radio these Uh days. And I'm fine with that. You know, I had my time at the top of the charts. I wanted to make an album for my fans that's been asking for it. They've been asking for 
years. When were they going to get new music? Right. And they wanted new country music, and I didn't want to come out sounding any different. I said, well, I want to go in the studio. I told my producer, Jimmy Ritchie, uh-huh. that I wanted to go in, take my time, and put out an album for the hardcore chestnut fans, the people that's been following me around for 27 years. Mm-hmm. You know, not on a major label. We didn't have to worry about um, somebody rushing us, right. telling us to hurry up. Giving you a deadline. Yeah. We didn't have anybody telling us, hey, that's too country or that's not radio friendly. We didn't have to worry about that. You could just so, do what you loved. So now, did that affect your performance in the studio? Just knowing that you could take your time and, you know, be as free or as particular as you wanted. It should be a creative atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Not a hurried and nervous, frustrated atmosphere like I experienced in the 90s. I had more fun on this CD than any of them that I've ever done. Okay. Because Jimmy Ritchie said, just take your time, do what you want to do. When you want to come in and record, that's when we'll do it. Yeah, a nice, and relaxed it, pace. Yeah, and I think that it shows on the album. That's the way records were made by Waylon and Willie, you know, back in the 70s when uh-huh. they did it after the outlaw breakthrough, you know. They got their creative freedom, and so they got to do anything they wanted to in the studio, and so that's what it felt like. I felt uh-huh. like Waylon in there. Uh, that's <laughs> great. I do what I wanted to. Right. Okay, so now when you get in and do your vocals, do you sing top down? Do you, you know, sing the verse three times? How do you approach laying down your vocals? I like to start the song and just sing it all the way through. Okay. And mess ups and all, and just... I've spent 90% of my life on the stage, and uh-huh. so that's where I'm most comfortable. And so I'll sing it through, and if I mess it up, mess up some lyrics, <laughs> get off key, I just keep going, and then okay. go back and we'll do the whole thing again, and then Jenny will put together the best takes. Right. Kicking it country here on the Mulberry Lane Show with Mark Chestnut, talking about his latest release, Tradition Lives. Talk about the bonus track on the album. Yeah, that turned out to be a Merle Haggard tribute. That's not the way it was recorded. Okay. We did that one night at about 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. I don't know. It's just a couple of years ago. Okay. We were sitting around just playing and singing like we always do. Jimmy and I get together in, at his house and play and sing whatever we feel like doing. Do you like working in the wee hours of the morning? Just That's when I do my best work. Okay. Anyway, yes. well, I did most of my recording okay. <laughs> midnight. Magical time. Yeah. yeah, that's when we're supposed to do it, you know, because uh-huh. I grew up singing in the honky tonks, and so that's <laughs> the right time for me. Uh-huh. Nighttime is so, the right time. Yes, yeah, so we, we were um, singing and talking about songs, and I came up with that, and Jimmy had never heard it. So we listened to Merle Haggard's track of it, and Jimmy said, let's go cut that. So right we then went and upstairs. there. Yep, yeah, we went upstairs. Jimmy grabbed the guitar off the wall and tuned it, and he uh, set up the mics. We ran through it a couple times, and um, we just did it for us. He played the guitar, I sang it, and we just had a a cool little souvenir to walk around and play for people. And when we got this album finished, I told Jimmy, I said, hey, man, since Haggard just passed away, let's go ahead and put that out. And see, Red Lane had died also. Okay. Not too long ago, and Red is the one who wrote the song. And so Mm -hmm. I said, let's put that on there as, as our tribute to Merle Haggard, just as it is. You couldn't do that on a major label. You know, no. Fight you. I bet you hear about that song a lot. I bet people love it. Yeah, they do. And I'm so proud that I got the opportunity to do that. I just wish Merle would have heard it. Oh, right. Now, he's been one of your heroes. Merle is, is one of my main heroes. George Jones, of course. 
I guess my all-time favorite because uh, not only is he um, one of the greatest singers ever, but uh, he's also from my hometown. Okay. So we've had a lot in common, and when we toured together, we became friends because of that. And we talked, spent a lot of time together at shows we did. It's amazing how your stories. place of birth bonds you. Yeah, we and talked about Beaumont, Texas, and talk about the old beer joints. Some of them that he played back in the 50s, and I had played also, they were still there in the 80s. We bonded over Beaumont, Texas. So now, speaking of Beaumont, Texas, you never moved to Nashville, but yet you had a huge career. So how did you manage that, and what was the reason behind not moving there? Well, when you're from Texas, it's hard to leave Texas. Okay, yeah. Especially for me, and um, Texas is its own world, and I never moved to Nashville because I could make a living playing music and a good living. I didn't have to move to Nashville and play for $25 a night. Mm -hmm. I could stay in Southeast Texas and I made a dang good living, man. I could pay all my bills and and had a lot of money left over. Okay. You're making a living just playing in the honky-tonks around Beaumont, Texas without having a day job so I could concentrate on music full-time and just go to Nashville just to meet people. Uh But you know, there is that pressure. People say, if you want to be a part of the industry, you got to move here. So how did you fight that? I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) I I proved them wrong. I stayed there in Beaumont, and then uh, I would go to Nashville, and I'd find some songs, and I would bring them back to Texas, and I would record them and pay for them myself. uh, I would record in Houston, put them out, on my own, try to get a little airplay, and that's exactly what happened with how I got a record deal, okay. was by doing that, and uh, I recorded Too Cold at Home that I found in Nashville. Bobby Harden played it for me one night, another four o'clock in the morning guitar pool. Okay, another magic there session. in Nashville. Yep. I brought it home to Texas, he told me to, and, and recorded it in Houston, and we started getting some play around the Houston area. Okay. And next thing I knew, MCA Records people were coming down to Beaumont to see me play. Awesome. That's exciting times, yeah. Gotta take a quick break. We'll be right back with more from country hitmaker Mark Chestnut here on the Mulberry Lane Show right after this. I could stay awake just to hear you breathing Watch you smile while you're sleeping While you're far away and dreaming I could spend my life in this sweet surrender I could stay lost in this moment forever Every moment spent with you is a moment I treasure I don't want to close my eyes Cause I miss you And I don't want to miss a thing Cause even when I dream of you Music, celebrities, and everything in between Back to the Mulberry Lane Show Now, here's Mulberry Lane Thanks for keeping it here on the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology. In the middle of our chat with country music superstar Mark Chestnut, who brought you the hit Too Cold at Home. He's talking about his latest release, Tradition Lives, and how he managed his career from Texas, never moving to Nashville. Let's get back with Mark right now. 
So do you think staying in your location, did that give you a, you think a good edge on your career? Kept you grounded? Yeah, definitely kept me grounded because even though I had a record deal and I had a bunch of hit records and was touring the world and was on TV all the time, I still had the same old friends that I'd had my whole life and they didn't think anything different of me. They'll keep you honest. Yeah, and you know, I had my family. Nobody treated me different and I didn't like the music business people. I didn't get along with them. I had nothing in common with those people. So uh, I stayed there. I still live there. And, you know, it's just, to me, it's home. And they have to almost force me to go to Nashville these days. (laughs) (laughs) Uh I don't don't have anything in common. That you need to do there. Yeah. I go record, and the people that I record with and hang around with when I'm making music, they're like me okay. we're the same kind of people you and, found um, your people there yeah I don't have anything in common with uh, never did with I don't know music business people and you never felt the need to change yourself for it either no no I could still go out and play all over the world and people accept me for who I am and, and I think it really helped my music instead of having to play the game and stay in the click I did my own thing kept it authentic for you it really does. It, mm-hmm. you know, I still do the same kind of music I started out with. I don't see any reason to change. Yeah, and kept it authentic for the fans. Yeah, the fans are really amazed. They're really fascinated all over the world that I live in Texas. When I go overseas, especially over Europe, the first thing fans want to know is, how big is my ranch? (laughs) (laughs) So how big is your ranch, Mark? (laughs) I don't have a ranch. I have seven acres. Okay. Okay. So now, what do you think of country music today? Uh, I don't like it. I don't really like what they're calling country music. Some of it I hear catches my ear, you know, and I say, wow, you know, that's pretty good. That's different. But the majority... When they start sounding like hip-hop records, it turns me off. Especially when they say at country radio that the kind of music I play is out of style and that there's no audience for that. Right. Well, well you know better than that. I've got a hundred dates on the books that can prove them wrong. Yeah. Exactly. So now, who do you like now? There's a guy named Mo Pitney that I really like a lot. Okay. He's new, and he's not burning up the charts because he's country. Right. And I really like William Michael Morgan. Okay. He's real country, and um, these guys are standing firm in their traditional music uh-huh. style. And you know, the pendulum and swings. It does, it always yeah. does, and these guys are young enough to catch it when it swings our way again. I support these guys. In fact, um, I'm doing a show tonight with Mopit okay. here tonight. And so, and I've told them both to stay true to who they are, because that's what George Jones and Carl Haggard and Waylon Jennings told me. They all said, stay true to what you do, and uh, you may not always be on the charts, but you'll always be working. Yeah, ah, great, great advice. Great advice. Well, if you just joined us, you're listening to country music superstar Mark Chestnut here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Okay, now you have to tell us about your new hot sauce. <laughs> yeah, the, the hot sauce is an advertising scheme for our new song, the new single, okay. which is titled Hot. It's a song about summertime, you know, about just uh, being hot. Okay. Just weather. And it really hits home for a lot of people, especially folks that live down in southeast Texas where I live. Or okay. the heat index is like 110 today. Wow. It really gets too hot to fish down there where I live. Okay. okay. And so uh, we thought, hey, you know, I'm from Texas. 
everybody eats hot sauce down in Texas. So let's put out our own brand of hot sauce and put a package together to promote online with a special shirt and people get the CD, the shirt, and the hot sauce. And it's really, really good hot sauce. So is it hot, hot sauce? No, it's not hot, hot, because I don't really like overly hot hot sauce. Okay. I like the taste of pepper. I like the pepper taste. Okay. The part of Texas where I live, I'm actually closer to the Louisiana border than I am to Houston. Okay. So I like the flavorful stuff. I like the flavor of hot sauce more than I like the hotness of the hot sauce. But it it does get pretty hot. Okay. But um, a lot of people will find it not hot at all because some of the guys out on the bus tell me it ain't hot sauce. They say it ain't hot at all. (laughs) Okay, so where can people get their hands on the hot sauce and the hot single and the hot t-shirt? Well, you can come out to my show. Okay. We've got it here. Probably the best way is to go online, go to my website. They can join my fan club and uh, get all kinds of cool stuff. You can get the whole package, the whole hot package. The whole CD, hot the shirt, and the hot sauce. And the hot sauce. So now, Mark, what's next? Well, I'm um, keep touring. I don't have any plans yet to get back into the studio, unfortunately, because I would really love to get back in as soon as possible. I have a whole new batch of songs. I've been co-writing out here with the guys on my bus. Some of the guys in my band are some great writers. So we've been writing a lot of stuff. I've probably got enough for two albums right now (laughs) that I feel real good about. A lot of 3 a.m. writing sessions? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Middle of the night, beer (laughs) drinking. (laughs) Those are the best. All right. Well, when the next one is out, you're going to have to come visit us again. Well, I will. I'll always be on the road. And hopefully I can stop in and see you sometime. We that would be great. And we will save a place right here for you. I appreciate that. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, hon. Multi-platinum country music singer Mark Chestnut. Be sure to download his latest album, Tradition Lives, and check out his Midwest tour dates at markchestnut.com. We'll be right back with Nebraska's own singer-songwriter, Matt Whipke. Now here's Mark's latest single, appropriately titled for the weather, Hot. Keep it here on the Mulberry Lane Show. There ain't moving, not a hint of a breeze. Lord, it must be a hundred degrees. Bad part is it's only ten o'clock. Man, it's hot. Think I'll go down to the store and get a cold drink. Scald my legs on that black vinyl seat You can see the heat rising off the parking lot It's flat out hot Bringing you the stories behind the songs Back to the Mulberry Lane Show Now, here's Mulberry Lane well, you guys, you're going to love this next segment. You get to catch up with singer-songwriter Matt Whipke and his new concept album called Driver. You're going to love the stories behind this album. You're going to hear about how you can be a part of the Pledge Music campaign and get on board with Matt. It's all new. What you hear and what you see. Hanging out with Matt Whipke. Pleasure to be here, as always. Ah, great to have you. Okay, I love this concept, and it really grew organically. First, you bought the minivan and finished the story. <laughs> yeah, so I got the, the minivan to help with some of the road gigs, and then it's like you're stuck with payments. You know, you're not always on the road, so I was like, okay, how to make these payments? And 
I'm like, well, I'll give this driving this Uber and Lyft thing a shot. And so I did. You know, it's kind of another, like, little side job. And then as I was doing it, like, after a while, it's like, wow, this is, like, incredibly interesting. You're meeting all these people, being very open, being very honest. Or they probably think they'll never see you again. It's kind of like the person next to you on the airplane. Exactly. That's a good analogy. Yeah, exactly. It's just like that. You know, you get, like, live stories. They're from all over the place. People are coming to Omaha. They're leaving. Really interesting stuff. I couldn't help but translate some of that into some songs. And I wrote one. And I really was really pleased with how it turned out. And then they started coming pretty quick after that. So now, did you keep notes of things people said or their stories? Um, No, I have a a pretty good memory. So the ones that really stuck out in my head, I remembered pretty well. Some of the stories are like combinations of different characters and stuff. Was it the type of thing that maybe when you dropped them off and you drove away, did you ever get like the song lyrics and the melody coming at you at the same time? Yeah, it's funny. The first one I wrote, I went to go pick up this woman named Amy. They only tell you, like, the first name. They tell you the first name and then where you're going. It was Amy, and it was at the Amtrak station in Omaha. I just sang to myself, Amy arrived at the Amtrak station late Monday, September 5th. That's what it was. I just said those lines out loud. I wrote them down because I liked it, and then uh, I ended up writing a really pretty thorough, like, four-and-a-half-minute narrative song about that. So now did you fill in a lot of the details, probably, just from what you thought her life might be like yeah that sparked the idea and uh-huh. it's not, not necessarily about that exact person uh-huh. but about some other people that i drove around okay so, so then when did it hit you that you had an album's worth of material and this should kind of be a concept album um i wrote a few songs in that vein and then come january they started coming real fast okay. like one after the other sometimes two a week and it was like okay here we go you know and I know that feeling when it happens just having done it before when you get a theme to base a record off of like I did with the Penny Park record that's how that happened and then you just, just like, have to go with it yeah exactly and then to see where it takes me and uh, it, luckily it took me there so once you had this idea and you were continuing to be an Uber driver and drive people around did you start getting more inquisitive about their lives because you knew this <laughs> would be a turn into songs well, I would tell them, I would tell them, like, oh, I'm a musician, and well, I'm writing this uh, record about doing this. And they're like, ooh, you know, can we be in the song? And it's, and it's kind of funny. It never works that way. It's people that just, the little things that sort of pop out, you know. Yeah. So do you have a favorite song? A favorite song? I have a few that I like a lot. That very first one is called Amy Knows, and I like that a lot because okay. they get the ball rolling. Yeah. A couple of my favorite parts of the album, each side of the album has these instrumental theme introductions, and I really think that's some of the most beautiful stuff I've ever made, you know, okay. musically. And so I'm, I'm really excited about So what about prompted that. that creative decision? I think when making a conceptual type of album, it's important to set up a little bit of mood okay. with the music. Right. And uh, one of the themes is very, like, morning, dawn sort of sounding. The other theme is almost like a reprise, and it uses a lot of the same melodies, but in a more electronic, like, nighttime feel. Cool. And they, they juxtapose each other nicely. Well, if you guys just joined us, you're listening to singer-songwriter Matt Whipke talking about his concept album called Driver. He bought a minivan for his band to tour, and on the off times, he's an Uber and Lyft driver, which inspired this album. Now, you also had some songs that didn't fit within the theme, and then you put those together in another album. I did, yeah. The whole time we were working on our next record, I started seeing this new woman back in April, and that sparked four or five new songs just like within a week they really turned out great and so essentially finished that album okay. that's, that's called Best New Music it's very summary sounding no really overarching theme per se it's, the idea was just like you know great melodies and 
Um, I guess the lyrics are still kind of sad, but hopeful yet, you know. Okay, great. Hope interweaved. So yes. with the Pledge Music campaign, people can also get that album, right? Yeah, so on Pledge, if you even like do this, the minimum Pledge, I think of nine ninety nine, you get that as a download immediately. It's called Best Music, and that comes from your email right away. Um, and that's with any tier, you know, if you get the vinyl or the CD or even me coming to your house and sing. Uh, one of the rewards is me driving you around if you live in the Omaha area. How perfect is that? <laughs> yeah. do, do any rewards come with you driving around and writing a song about you? Well, I mean, maybe we can negotiate something on, on that. <laughs> I guess I could do it like you guys do it. Like, while I'm driving them around, I could sing something about them. And, you know, they could there call you that. Go. You can there make you up go. a little song. Yeah. So I, you know, watched on YouTube your Driver Pledge music video. And in that YouTube video, you are driving this couple around and you're telling them about how you're a musician and all of that. Okay, I have to interject something. Okay, you're yes. a good actor. Yeah. Oh, I am? Yeah, yeah. you're doing a good job in that. Yeah, well, the funny thing about that video is... Yeah, um, so tell us about it, it. Everything in that video has been asked or said so many times while driving people around. I know um, Angie, the girl, asked me, like, why the minivan? That's, like, the number one question. Yeah. Why have a minivan? Do I have kids? You know, and then I tell them I'm a musician. Right. And then I, sometimes I give them a little story. Like I mentioned, like, I play with Dwight Yoakam and that. And some people are like, who's that? But then, like, she was like, oh, yeah, I love Dwight. And, you know. Right. But um, I hate that, country music. Yeah, country yeah music exactly. What she said about Dwight was verbatim what somebody told me just, like, five hours before Because it just seems so very real. Yeah, yeah. natural yeah. dialogue. <laughs> the pledge is actually to finish off the Driver album. It is. It's to finish it off and make the vinyl and make the CDs and everything. We can, that could be done within like a month, month and a half. I can guarantee that we're always really on market on time. Okay. Especially with any pledge, you get that one album it's done. I mean, you get it immediately. So. so you have immediate gratification, and then you have to wait a little bit for the other one. Yep, exactly. Okay, and then before we get into where people can go to that, you are six months sober now. I am. So congratulations am. on that. Thank you. And how has that either affected your creative process positively or negatively? Super positively. Yeah, immensely. When I say sober, it's more like when you're involved in like the music business, sometimes it's easy to just go out a lot, and that's kind of what it was for me. We would end up going out at night or after the show. It never affected the actual show. Actually, I had pretty okay. strict rules about that thing. But it was like after. And it, it was just, the you know, after I, party. Yeah, it was the after the show, and that's such a unique feeling. After it is, con- and it's hard like, to come down after a yeah, show. It's yeah, it's super hard to come down. So, And you're thirsty, let's right. face it. You're, yeah. you're parched, and you need hydration. If it's a cocktail, I mean, you'll have five of them. You're thirsty, right? Yeah. And if it's a cake, you'll eat five of them. <laughs> exactly. No, you were exactly right. So when I stopped, I stopped that at the end of December and beginning of January. And one of the things that helped me just really get over the initial like hump of that is uh, writing these songs for Driver. I wrote this all. So that kind of prompted the uh, creative fountain you had in January. Yeah, exactly. It was a good time to stop. And then, you know, there's just so many benefits. I'm pretty pleased with just kind of cutting that out. And then soon after, you met an incredible girl. I did. I met my wonderful girlfriend, Angie. It's it's weird, you know, you stop doing something negative and you start seeing, like, positive. There's room in your life for something positive. Yeah, and it's weird. Like, that doesn't sound like the most amazing equation, but it's, like, totally true, you know. Yeah. That you cut out negative things and good things happen. That's been a lot of fun. I mean, you just got to keep yourself healthy if you want to be in it for the long run. Yeah. And, do, and, you know, I have to give a lot of credit to doing those shows with Dwight, seeing somebody that, you know, he's never drank or never done anything. Uh-huh. And so being around someone so successful and real positive role model in that area. Yes, sure. and that's right, because you did a whole series of openings for Dwight Yoakam. And will yeah. there be more of that coming up? I hope so, yeah, for sure. He's always out there, and um, hopefully we'll get back with him. 
What other ways did Dwight affect you? Oh, yeah, I mean, him? well, he's got great clothes, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice style. I can't, I can't afford the boots he has, but one day, you know, maybe. Um, no, at him and his whole operation, it runs so smooth, and the band is so good. I mean, you know, it's like, you think you're a good band. I mean, you work hard, and you're like, you know, record. Like, yeah, we're good. Then you get out, and you start playing with these guys, Los Angeles guys that get hired to do a gig with Dwight. You're like, we need to work more. Right. <laughs> yes. There's always another the level. The next level. Now, where can people find you on Pledge Music? Yeah. Pledge Music. Google Pledge Music. It whip keys. My name, like a whip and a key, and it come right up. And like I said, there's all kinds of fun rewards from signed records, T-shirts, to me driving you around, and me performing in your living room, Skype guitar lessons. Okay, so some great stuff. And pledges start at nine ninety nine, and this goes to we figured about mid August, right? Yes, yes, okay. definitely does. Well, Matt, it's always so much fun to catch up with you. Love all your concepts and ideas. Creative well of ideas. Yes. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I always love coming on the show. All right, and then we'll catch up with the next one. Awesome. Nebraska's own singer-songwriter, Matt Whipke. Now make sure you go to Pledge Music and search for Matt Whipke and be a part of this very cool music project. Up next, we have Dr. Nancy Irwin. She's an addiction and recovery specialist. So keep it here with us on the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology. Here's one of Matt Whipke's new songs. This is One Shot. Last time I saw her, the Summer. Oh, I tried to explain the prospect of failure, the margin of error, but with practice, our aim did I add in the range to one shot for love, one shot. Got you covered. The Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Well, addiction affects all walks of life and all types of people. If you or someone you know is struggling with addiction, you'll want to meet Dr. Nancy Irwin, addiction therapist at Seasons Recovery Centers in Malibu and author of the new book, Breaking Through Stories of Hope and Recovery, that demonstrates that even in very challenging circumstances, change is possible. Dr. Nancy Irwin, breaking through stories of hope and recovery just for you. Thank you. What a beautiful entry. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Great to hear that and great to have you on the show. Oh, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. So what was your inspiration to put this book out there? Well, we wanted to put out a book that is very hopeful rather than talking about the horror of addiction. Yes. We wanted to put out a book that shows sort of a formula for success. Okay. It's called Breaking Through, Mm -hmm. Stories of Hope and Recovery, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And people come to us when they're having a breakdown. They hit their bottom, whether, sadly, they wake up in the emergency room or they get fired or their spouse walks out on them, whatever the bottom is. There's an aha awareness. And our belief is whenever there's a breakdown, there can be a breakthrough. Mm -hmm. So we use that bottom, that aha moment, as an opportunity to use that as a fulcrum to affect the positive change to heal. 
So that really does turn a very negative and the depths of despair moment of your life. It does provide a jumping point to something more positive. Absolutely. It's pretty well proven that a one-size-fits-all approach doesn't work. How do you find what works? What is the method? Great question. Yeah, we're not a cookie-cutter outfit. We offer a whole smorgasbord of a holistic approach. Of course, we have the standard fully trained clinical expertise in psychotherapy. We also do a lot of family therapy. We have a ton of groups, trauma, and plenty more. But we also have some holistic approaches. We have hypnotherapy. We have spiritual counseling. We have cranial sacral massage. Mm. We have acupuncture. We have art therapy. And of course, a gourmet chef, healthy food, and uh, physical exercise. We have horseback riding. We have walks on the beach. We have yoga and plenty other. uh, Take them to the gym. Every situation is different, and we cater to each client's individual needs. Okay. Now, the stories included in this book, are they all from your recovery center? They are. And let me hasten to add, no confidentiality is broken. Okay. All of these stories are anonymous, and they've been camouflaged, so we're not breaking anyone's confidentiality. And they are a cross-section of people. So we have a teacher. We have a medical doctor. Okay. We have a high-powered executive. We have an empty-nested mother and housewife. Okay. We have a rap artist and a law enforcement professional and plenty others. Wow. And that just proves that it affects everyone, every walk of life. Yeah. So everyone can relate to one or more of these stories and sort of identify with them. Dr. Nancy Irwin here on the Mulberry Lane Show. She's an addiction recovery therapist talking about her latest book. You have a very interesting background because you are an opera singer and you've been a stand-up comedian. So how have these two aspects of your life come into play with this part of your life? (laughs) Well, quite beautifully, I might add. (laughs) I bet. Yeah, this is a profession, being a, a therapist, where everybody brings their own life experience into the play so you can identify and relate and speak the language of your clients. So I work with a lot of creative artists, and I certainly get that because I've been on the other side of the couch and the other side of the stage, if you will. Uh Uh, But yeah, I mean, I changed from uh, comic to shrink because I was bored, only working about 30 minutes a day. I had a lot lot of time on my hands, so I started volunteering for a shelter for sexually abused teens. I fell in love with it, and trauma, not that I fell in love with it, but I was fascinated with it, how resilient people really are, Uh and that prompted me to go back to school, earn my doctorate, and voila, (laughs) wanted to be a trauma expert. Okay. You find that more people who are in the creative industries, do you think that they have more depression? You know, it's really interesting. A lot of brain studies have been done, and it does appear that the right hemisphere of the brain, which is the creativity and the emotional departments, are more intertwined. So when there's a higher degree of creativity, there can be a higher degree of depression or anxiety. We work so that people don't overly identify that and use that as an excuse. You know what? If I give up my heroin, I won't be able to play the guitar well. And you do hear people say that. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Uh That's the oldest excuse in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know how many people started using heroin because they wanted to blow a horn like Charlie Bird Parker? Yeah. Uh-huh. They really thought his talent was in the drugs. That is so common. So it does get glamorized and these myths crop up. So uh-huh. we want to break that down. Yeah, that's so fascinating. But I've always wondered, you know, creative people, when you're putting a piece of art out there, you're always 
thinking about your own feelings about yourself because you're trying to like pull up these feelings. When you're thinking about yourself all the time, you kind of get depressed. Do you think that has anything to do with it? Absolutely. And also, a lot of times, especially creative people, they have this childlike sense of wonder. Uh And we want to believe in magic. We want something easy. We want a quick fix. We do not want to delay gratification. Uh Well, life just doesn't work that way. You know, it takes a long time to write a book or to compose a concerto or to write a great joke or play a great guitar riff. These things do take time, so you have to accept that and not think you can cheat and look for magic in the form of abuse of alcohol or any sort of substance. Right. All right. Well, the book is Breaking Through Stories of Hope and Recovery. And Dr. Nancy Irwin, we want to thank you for joining the show. Your website is Dr. Nancy Irwin. It's IRWIN.com. Or they can click on Seasons Malibu. Seasons Malibu. Okay. Wonderful. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Uh, Thanks. That's addiction recovery specialist, Dr. Nancy Irwin. Thanks, Nancy, for bringing your words of wisdom to the show today. Mm -hmm. Go, Nancy. Okay, who else do we need to thank, sisters? Well, we've got to thank country icon, Mark Chestnut. Mark, it was great having you on the show today. Thanks for sharing your latest album, Tradition Lives, and for sticking to your country roots. Gotta love this dude from Beaumont, Texas. You guys can go to markchestnut.com and check out his Midwest tour dates. And the single hot with the hot sauce and the t-shirt. Woo! And finally, Rachel, who else? Nebraska's own singer-songwriter, Matt Whipke. Check out his brand new album called Driver. Now you can go over to pledgemusic.com. Look up Matt Whipke. There's still time to pledge any level of money to help him finish this album. Head on over there, listen to the samples, get involved in this project at any level. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool stuff. All right, guys, we're so happy you were here with us for another episode of the Mulberry Lane Show. You know where we'll be next week, right here. We're already cooking up next week's show, and we're waiting right here for you to join us. I don't know if we should say cooking up the next show because our cooking just stinks. So maybe we should say we are um, composing the next show. There you go. <laughs> we're better at that. <laughs> All right, guys. Bo, stay happy and stay blessed. Allie, don't forget to be awesome. Rachel, that's a wrap. Woo!